Welcome back to Marketing Trailblazers. I'm Jess Taggett. I'm Jeremy LaDuke. Jeremy, what are you going to be for Halloween? Oh, I have not even had a chance <laughs> to think about it. Actually, I have, and I've, I've got a couple of, of ideas, but I can't remember what they are now, but I just remember thinking about it. That counts. What are you going to be? Uh, it's top secret. Why? Because um, we haven't decided. But we've got, like, Justin and I are usually cohesive. Um, we only, like, didn't match once, and that was weird. Um, but we usually keep it kind of under wraps, and then on Halloween every year we go to a fundraiser show and hang out with friends, and we have fun, quirky costumes. Good times. I do, I do remember what I was thinking of. Uh, the the demon from um, Good Omens. Have you seen that show? No, but I've read the book. It's the, been a, yes, yeah. the book is fantastic. The book's yeah. way better than, than the show, but the show's still good. Um, the first season, the Sega season, is a stretch. Uh, the but the the demon, I think I'm like I I think I can do that. I could I think I can pull off his vibe and and have fun with that. What what would Pinky be? Um, I don't know. Do you all usually match? We don't usually dress up. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's boring. I know, right? There was this one time um, when we first started dating, we went to, we did we did this matchy thing and went to a Halloween party, and I still had like my um, my robes from my pastoral days. <laughs> and I, I was a preacher and she was a devil, and oh. that was fun. Okay. Yeah. I like being cohesive. Like, like la la. <laughs> well, last year uh, we were both Forrest Gump. Uh, I, <laughs> I was like blue sh- button-up shirt, younger Forrest Gump, and Justin was uh, like running across the country Forrest like Gump because he's oh, got yeah, a beard. He's got the beard. Yeah, yeah. Do you have the? Was it the smiley face shirt? Was um, that a thing? He doesn't wear the smiley face shirt, but the smiley face shirt gets like created when he's on his run. Uh, he just right. wears like a ringer shirt. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's good times. Wait, you guys, what were y'all for? Uh, our our big. Um, 80s party y'all dressed up as oh we were both ninja turtles that's yes <laughs> y'all could just whip those out how many costumes do y'all have like in your in your closet like do you, is it just like you open up like a walk-in closet and they're just like filled with like 80s things okay. and early 90s 80s things and costumes are two different things <laughs> <laughs> I mean 80s is a sprinkled through my wardrobe <laughs> um, costumes we've got I think two totes in the attic so we've, yeah, we've got a, f- a handful. Yeah, fun. Yeah. I've got my, um, my like, my 80s things, which is also a costume, uh, that I was trying to be Johnny Depp from 21 Jump Street. I feel like you chose that after you got dressed. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no. You think, you think I just, like, put yes. all this together just randomly? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. intentionally, I'll show you the picture that I was okay. trying to be. And did not turn out like, uh, because 42-year-old Jeremy will never be 21-year-old Johnny Depp. I mean, that was a, that you was said a, it, not me. That was <laughs> a very high bar I was trying to achieve, <laughs> and it just d- didn't happen. Um, well, what would what about Barbie and Ken? You and Pinky could be Barbie and Ken. Pinky would love to be Barbie. Like, she would absolutely I mean, love. she is a Barbie. Yes, yeah. yes. Like, that's like her everyday, like... You would open up her closet and be like, "Why does Pinky have all these Barbie clothes?" That's that's her. Me <laughs> being Ken, I don't, and I, I don't, 
I couldn't do that. Primarily because I saw um, uh, this meme that had Ken on it, and it said uh, something like, every D-bag this Halloween. That's only when Ken is in full asshole mode with his fur jacket and his fanny pack, which I would carry. And, yeah, it's when he's in, he's in like, dark Ken mode. Oh, evil Ken. Oh, okay, that's, okay, okay. That's the douchebag See, that, that meme just if stuck in my head. Well, uh, I could, what, was the, what was the other guy? Alan. <laughs> you could be an Alan. <laughs> I think you can pull it off. I uh, love Michael Cera. <laughs> so, <laughs> Halloween is upon us. Um, there's decorations going up all over. We've run across this like ten foot tall, twelve foot tall, ginormous skeleton thing. We were driving to Chattanooga. We spotted two on the side of the road, and we we're thinking, "Oh, some you know, Costco must be having a sale. Something's going on." And then we spotted another one here in town. Um, so they're, they're have you seen these things? Yeah, uh, and they are twelve feet tall. They are from Home Depot. They were out definitely last year, maybe the year before. Um, and they're really fun, and I want one, but I don't know where we would put it in the off season. Like, how would you get it home? Like, do you just strap this thing? Yeah, do you, or do you have to like connect it together and you know, like screw the bones together or something? You don't buy it together. You have to put it together. I mean, that'd be kind of fun to to strap a twelve foot skeleton to the top of your car. Uh, There was a, I guess, a TikTok going around where somebody had one in their Jeep, and they had like the doors off and stuff, so their like knees were hanging out. That's be, the only perk to having a Jeep to me would be to be able to put a 12-foot skeleton. skeleton in it. Um, yeah, so we're probably not doing one of those, uh, but Pinky really wants to get the gigantic tarantulas and, and, and put those mm. on the house. Mm-mm. Nope. No, why not? Nah, hey. No, I don't like spiders. Oh, what are y'all doing? Uh, Well, okay, I said that, but we do have some spider web lights, but they're not giant, so it's fun. And then we did like solar lights along the driveway and we've got jack-o'-lanterns over them so they light up at night and then otherwise they're just cute happy little jack-o'-lanterns that's fun yeah yeah i don't know if we'll get trick-or-treaters or not but i'm happy to decorate either way well um the other thing that comes with october cool weather and it's definitely we are like right smack dab in the middle of college football um, which is why we are so excited about our guest on this episode. Um, Jimmy Delaney is the Associate Athletic Director of Marketing and Sales for the UT Balls. So he gets to um, market, promote, uh, coordinate all of the fan engagement activities that happen at games for all of the sports, right? So he works with a huge team of designers and creatives and, and uh, technical folks to uh, put on the show the day of the games, um, but also works with all the branding and, and promo and everything that's out there. And so we get to talk with Jimmy um, about how does all of that fit together. And I don't know about you, but I was like super impressed and and have a, a new appreciation for the amount of work that goes into um, really putting on a game and, and just kind of keeping this whole uh, brand running. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of detail. It's a lot of work. It's definitely a lot more effort than just fun little football game on Saturdays. 
Um, I was pretty excited to get to ask about uh, Dolly Parton and Taylor Swift. Yes. Yeah. So that is in there. I had no idea that Dolly had even like uh, signed the deal with the balls and now she's got like a uh, orange and white checkered um, uh, album that, that came out. Yeah, it's a version of her Rockstar album, and then there's a live version of Rocky Top on it. So the the checkered version has um, all those songs that she did for Rockstar. Uh, you might want to fact check me, but uh, I think so. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Um, it's just like the balls version. Well. And then her clothing line. Well, it's not her clothing line, but she like partnered with the clothing line to have... Oh yeah, dolly they've got balls. like dolly balls uh, stuff. Yep, and yep, stuff. yep. Yeah. Good times. Well, without further ado, here's Jimmy Delaney. Let's get this fire blazing. Jimmy, thanks for joining us today. Pull up a seat next to the campfire. There we go. Yeah, glad to be with y'all. So, Jimmy, you are the Associate Athletics Director of Marketing and Fan Experience for the UT Balls. Um, how long have you been in this position? Yeah, um, I've been with the athletic department for quite quite some time. Um, this this position, um, about since, I'd say about 2014, uh, give or take. Um, my, my time with the university and the athletic department, uh, it goes way back. Um, I, I went to undergrad uh, here at Tennessee. I was a a student worker, uh, an intern, a volunteer, however you want to, you know, look at that. Um, and spent a lot of time with our women's basketball program at Coach Summit. Got to see some championships um, and then was fortunate enough to, to go to graduate school here at Tennessee and was a graduate assistant within the athletic department marketing. Um, and then uh, literally a week after I graduated um, on my birthday, uh, I got the phone call of uh, offering me the job. And so was hired in as a uh, director of marketing, um, primarily at that time with women's athletics. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, uh, you know, we brought the entire department together for efficiency and and then um, to work through all of that. And, and then kind of slowly, you know, went from director to senior director to assistant athletic director and now to associate athletic director. Awesome. And so I guess, I guess for our um, audience, the main part they may be interested in, well, there's probably going to be a lot of people out there that are interested in the uh, the athletics director title, but um, for for purposes of the podcast, it's really we're talking about the marketing and the fan experience side. And so, tell us a little bit about how that's evolved. I mean, you've seen you've been there for for over ten years now, and you've seen a lot of technological and yeah. social media changes. How has how has your role evolved from from day one till now? Yeah, I mean it. It, it's evolved a ton, and I, I feel like it's it's always changing. And and uh, I tell people all the time, the unique thing about uh, my position is I'm I'm kind of right brain and left brain both together. Uh, so we've got the fan experience, the the game day atmosphere, what you feel, um, you know, and the, and the, the theatrics uh, of sporting events has certainly grown a ton over time. But then you know, there's the everyday marketing, the advertising, all of that. And yeah, I. I remember a pre-social media time. I remember a time of uh, of a lot of phone calls and face-to-face visits and, and all of that where, um, you know, using a lot of that traditional medium, you know, if, if you could have afford good newspaper runs and a billboard and, um, you know, 
how you how you ran your radio commercials and then again in our world if we could get coaches on air um, you know and even you know radio uh, back then there wasn't a, a sports animal uh, here locally as there is now you know so um, yeah the, the traditional really you know really changed and it it became much more you know one to one with our fans uh, we, we put messaging out we put branding out um, you know there's so there's a lot of feel good um, a lot of our messaging is talking to many audiences all at once you know be that generational fans uh, potential new fans current students on campus uh, recruits you know whatever it might be so whereas before when you were putting out the marketing and advertising efforts you almost you tailored your message to the medium because you sort of knew who was picking it up and now just about anybody could pick up just about anything yeah there's a lot more a lot more opportunity out there for sure um you, well, you've had the chance to see some some changes in the brand itself. Um, I'd say maybe the one of the most recent ones um, in my memory is is the uniforms, uh, the the uniform style, and that was a little bit of a, a brand um, uh, adjustment. Um, tell talk a little bit about those. How what what's some of the biggest changes you've seen in terms of how um, the balls have presented mm-hmm. themselves to the world, and and how has that gone? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. Um, you know, collectively and, and kind of as we've gone through um, the various changes, like I said, you know, a moment ago, when when men's athletics and women's athletics came together, again, to create a lot of efficiencies and to just be better suited for all of our student athletes. You know, that was that was pretty much a brand change because you had the two very well established brands, two very successful brands, and that they were now coming together um truly to be, you know, Tennessee athletics and we have our, our, uh, male athletes and we have our female athletes and whether they're competing under the power T or the lady ball T. Um, and so that, you know, was probably our first big shift. Um, you know, and around that time, our branding campaign was, was one Tennessee. Um, again, really just, you know, to tell our fans, to tell our, even internally, to talk to the internal audience on campus, fans, student athletes, everyone like, hey, we we are one Tennessee, um, but we still had two of the most recognizable logos in all of college athletics, uh, you know, and obviously orange and white. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to miss the orange and white. Um, and, and on the Lady Vol side, um, which again about a year or so ago we rebranded, um, you know, Summit Blue, but that Lady Vol Blue has always been incredibly iconic. To our women's programs um, and again with Danny White's leadership as we again took another step forward with our brand um, in 2015 when we switched from Adidas to Nike we went through another brand re- redesign used some of uh, Nike's uh, willpower and, and great minds out there um, that's where that you know Tennessee wordmark as we call it and if you took a step back and looked at it you'd say it looks like the state of Tennessee that was intentional um, you know, and then when, when Danny White um, and, and that leadership came in um, in 2021, again, we had been moving in such a great direction, again, to just align everything and, and to prop ourselves up. It was kind of fine-tuning here and there, um, you know, determining what was what your primary marks. You know, the, these are the things that are going to be on uniforms and big branding. And um, so no, no matter where you are, if somebody's, knew who we were didn't know who they were they saw the logo and, and they'd identify with it um, you know and then we kind of went to a tier two and those tertiary marks um 
you know, give the teams, you know, some fun to work with, practice gear, all of that. And then kind of our, our third tier bucket um, is, is things that a lot of the marks um, and different logos, um, you know, phrases, the Rocky Top, you know, Go Vols, all of that, that you're going to see a lot more in the retail space, but our teams definitely can use them as well. And so part of our overall strategic plan, Rise Glorious, was really to um, to redefine and, and, and just create a good outline and a good roadmap for everybody of, depending on facility branding, you know, like I said, practice gear, travel uniforms, whatever it might be, this is going to give you a really good roadmap of how we need to push our brand forward. That's fascinating. And you kind of have um, multiple brands or multiple sub brands, right? All the, all the different sports teams. You have what, like 10, 15 now altogether? We got 16. Yeah, there's 16 sports. Okay, yeah. So so you have these um, what might be considered kind of sub brands underneath the main Vols brand. Um, and I'd, I'd say that there's a little bit of. Um, uh, similarity to larger corporations that have uh, brands underneath uh, one umbrella, and they have to kind of balance and and measure, you know, the cannibalization cannibalization of those brands. Like, you know, you're not one brand might be growing, but are you taking are you taking folks from another sub brand? How do you all balance that with in the sports world and, and college athletics? Yeah, there's it's uh, it 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 is a good balance. Uh, you've got to consistently pay attention to it um we kind of kid that we're all gas and all brakes because um and no, and no different than a, a corporation or you know there's there's sales cycles you know um if you're retail it's you know back to school and then it's holiday you know and after how you know it's so for us you know we've got over those 16 sports there really isn't a time where there's only one sport competing and um, you know, even during everyone, you know, hey, it's football, but you know, we got a top 15 volleyball program right now. That's uh, and then soccer, you know. So we've always probably got about three sports competing at one time. Um, then when you fold in men's and women's basketball, it starts at the end of October, early November. Uh, you know, track is in there, tennis. Uh, the spring, I think everyone thinks the fall is the hardest with football, but really. You know, the spring is when just about everybody is competing. So yeah, we we really need to um, we really need to make sure we're aligned. Um, you know, and even small example when we go out and message to the students, hey, we've got a soccer or volleyball next. Um, in a couple of weeks, we got one Friday night where soccer and volleyball play at the same exact time. You know, and each to your point, each one of those teams, while everything is Tennessee athletics, they've all got their own little sub brand and. You know, each one of their events, um, you know, the players have their own identity and personalities. What we do in a soccer match is different than what we do at volleyball from football. And so they've all got their own little identities and um, atmosphere um, styles to them. And so we don't want to send students out at one o'clock and say, hey, come to soccer and then send a different group out at three o'clock. Hey, come to volleyball. And they're like, which one do I do? So um, we've developed uh with that, with all these sub brands, we now have basically um, sub working groups, and so between marketing and fan experience, strategic communications, um, VFL Films, which is our um, creative content video, uh, 151 Creative, which is our graphic designers, Botox, um, and then 
even, you know, our event management, uh, how we get people in and out, you know, quick, safe. We've got our ticketing office. If the sport is a ticketed sport, not all of them are ticketed. Um, and we've essentially created, it's sitting right above my head, um, these smaller groups, kind of smaller work tasks for us. So they're all consistently communicating with each other. If they don't communicate, you know, one thing's going to fall over onto the next. Um, and typically no one is, is doubled up, you know, in the fall. You might have a fall sport and a spring sport, but you don't have two falls, you know, so you're not trying to juggle two meetings or this or that or whatever it might be. And so we talk about team identity. We talk about, um, you know, just kind of fan atmosphere and passion. What's the messaging, the branding, our, our graphic design, everyone still has our overarching branding guidelines in, in their head and in front of them. So we don't depart too far from that. Um, and we do then there's kind of a comprehensive schedule. So um, team, every team has their own social accounts. But then we have ball sports, which is our overarching and uh, obviously utsports.com. Like, so everyone doesn't go in and post the story at the same time and then they all get knocked down. So communication, um, you know, at obviously any organization, but here again, because there's so many things going on and, and a lot of what we do is written off success. So volleyball has a huge win at Rupp Arena, which they against Kentucky a week ago, you know, we want to jump right on that, but then, Hey, football one and this one and that, you know, so yeah, it, there's a, it's a good uh, problem to have. It's a great problem to have. We, uh, this past year, you know, the past two years, we have won the SEC All Sports title, um, and so that means from top to bottom, we our teams have finished, um, you know, I guess the best um, on average out of all of the other SEC. So it, it's a great problem to have. But how do you continue to tell that story, but then still give every team their own individual attention, um, and and tell fans, tell our customers, like we want you on campus as much as you can come. Does that can you? That might be a good segue into um, Knoxville being branded as uh, kind of America's uh, college sports yeah. city. Um, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, and then to that, you know, to kind of, I guess, a brain within a brand, we, you know, over the last two years, and, and majority of it is all based on our, our coaching and team success. Um, yeah, I tell people all the time, I can't score any points. Um you know, I might make it loud enough to make a offense or defense jump off sides, but uh, other than that, they score all the points. So we, you know, the amount of attention that Knoxville and kind of the surrounding area has gotten because of, again, because of the University of Tennessee, because of Tennessee athletics um, over the last two years has, has been huge. Um, we started to just notice a theme, you know, ESPN College Game Day was on campus twice during football. Um, was here, you know, for women's basketball. And um, we just started like, hey, this is really something. And then, you know, afterwards we get reports about viewership and all of that. And, and, and not just, you know, the Alabama game last year in football. It was through the board. I mean, our, one of our Women's College World Series games um, drew over a million viewers. You know, so Oh, we wow. really started looking at all of it and we were, you know, again, like, how do we, how do we tell that story? And so because it was lots of teams and not just football, um, again, we have a brand team um, that's made up of a lot of the parts of those departments I talked before. We're, we're looking at the overarching brand of it uh, and, and talking with Danny. Um, he kind of came up with this idea of America's college sports city. 
And so we we pulled the group together. We started working through all of it. What what does it look like? Again, how does how do we create a brand, a logo, you know, a typeset, all of that, but that still fits underneath the Tennessee athletic guidelines. Um, you know, come up with an incredibly creative video. There needs to be storytelling. We can't just launch it and then let it go. Um, we pulled in our, our licensing folks to get retail pieces in place and, and really, you know, sort of develop this. Knoxville is the epicenter of college sports. Um, we've got the numbers and the viewership to back it up. We've got sold out arenas and stadiums, uh, baseball stadium, softball stadium, you, you name it, waiting lists for season tickets and all of that. And so it really just felt right. It felt natural. Um, you know, others might say, hey, we're in everything school, but we were like, we don't want to use that, um, even though we are. I'll, I'll say it, we're in everything school. But uh, we thought America's College Sports City really dovetailed the whole thing. Um, it ties into campus, ties into our past, ties into our, our current and, and takes us into the future. Yeah, I love that, especially as um, a Knoxville native, like UT sports is everything. And I remember when I first moved away, I was very confused that not everyone was watching UT play on Saturdays or whatever day. And like, not everyone knows Rocky Top word for word that like blew my mind. And then, you know, it's it's cool being back and seeing that grow more and beyond football it's really cool um you mentioned uh some partnerships and licensing stuff um can you tell me a little bit more about this new dolly parton partnership where she's got her new shirts now and she's doing an album with a live version of rocky top um because to me it's like pinnacle knoxville like i think one of the shirts is even like i was raised on dolly parton and UT football, and that's just that yep. is Knoxville in a sentence. It is. I, I bought uh, both of those shirts for my daughters. Um, I love it. Yeah, I I was uh, I was fortunate uh, to to be heavily involved um, with all of that. And and a lot to your point. I mean, Dolly is Dolly. I mean, it's she's um, a patron saint of Tennessee. Have, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and you don't even have to say her last name, but. Well, really, you know, and over the years, we've always kind of had, um, you know, a here and there, uh, she's everywhere, she's busy, but we've, we've always tried to find like, hey, what is the right thing um, for both sides, for Dolly's, you know, what she's doing and what we're trying to do, what is what is that right thing? And, and her coming out with this new Rockstar CD um, really sort of lended to it. And we started talking through ideas, her folks uh, and our folks, and I got, uh, you know, in touch with each other and started Did talking it. through some ideas and um you know it was always well hey dolly's got this recording of rocky top and i was like our fans love it we hear it all the time all of that and so um again because she's always trying to do something unique and and on the edge and i mean she's one of the best-selling female artists ever um and we want to continue to propel our brand it it made a ton of sense for an yeah. icon as dolly and what we think is an iconic brand in college football uh, college athletics to join together and so merch is, is a big thing like as you just mentioned you know um i think this, the cd is going to be awesome it, it's got you know dolly on the cover it's got the checkerboards it's got the star vaults it's got everything tennessee and it's got rocky top um but then how can fans um you know kind of show their their volunteer pride and 
show their dolly pride, um, not just on game days, but every day. And so that's really where the stylistically, it was, what what are the things we can do to blend it all together? That shirt you were just talking about is, you know, I, I love Valley in the Vault. Uh, that shirt has some of that Summit Blue mm-hmm. in it, you know, so it, it kind of, it, it, it was tying all of our brand aspects together. There's others of her, just a photo of her playing a guitar with the power T on it, you know, and, and again, we, we looked at that more as a fashion piece and definitely something we, we see folks wearing on game day, but something they could wear just in around. Um, and so we didn't want it to, you know, be your basic dry fit and, and this and that we wanted it to actually be, you know, a, a lifestyle, um, kind of feel to it, a brand and all of that. And so it, it really, uh, as we started, both sides were working through everything. It just continued to make sense. And they were like, all right, what about this? And then we were like, what about that? And then it continued to just make sense. Um, and so it, it has been awesome to see it come together. It was awesome to announce it. I was pretty uh, giddy about all of that. Um, there's not many times, you know, in your career. I was fortunate to work with Pat Summit that you get yeah. to work with two icons. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, kind of, as our tweet said, there is nothing more Tennessee or East Tennessee um, than Dolly Parton and the Vols. Yeah. It's an amazing, amazing partnership. Y'all both got lucky uh, and, and yes. are going to benefit from that. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a huge sports person. Um, so I've never really followed a lot of all stuff. I grew up in, in the Tri-City, so I wasn't in the heart of everything like uh, Jess was. But um, still, it was all yeah. around. But I never really appreciated um, what the what UT does for our area until realizing the economic impact that um, the, the teams make on the surrounding businesses. Um, and I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. have, have done studies and, and have a lot of insight into that. Can you speak to that uh, a little bit of, of how when you all do good, really the whole area does good? Yeah, and that, I mean, we, you know, we, we always say we, you know, Tennessee athletics is just part of the University of Tennessee campus and, you know, the ecosystem and, and the community and all of that. And then Tennessee athletics is just a part of Knoxville, Tennessee, and a part of Knox County and a part of East Tennessee and, you know, a part of Tennessee. Um, you know, even though Tennessee's official nickname is the volunteer state, uh, but, you know, we're, we're just a part of that. And so we, but we want to be great partners, you know, in all of those levels. And, and we know that, when um, the more we do to get people into our venues, uh, the more success we have, it brings more of those people. You know, we're riding uh, since last season, I think it's an eight or nine game uh, sellout streak in, in football. Um, and so that brings people in. When, when they have a great game day, um, they want to take it from a great game day to a great game weekend. Um, so they're going to come in, be it, hey, let's head downtown and, um, you know, part or, you know, hotel room, restaurant. Um, it's like we were just talking at local retail. Um, when things go well, uh, we come out with something that's cool or that uh, appeals to them. Hey, I got to have that. I got a Tennessee shirt, but I can't live without that one. Um, and so, you know, we know that responsibility and, and we want to carry that as best as we can. But yeah, I mean, we have, we've done some studies um, and, you know, economically, yes. When obviously Tennessee football draws in the largest number of fans, um, that puts hotel rooms more in play than you know maybe some of our other sports and all of that. But um, 
you know, while we seat over a hundred thousand in the stadium, there's still X amount of people uh, that are going to be on campus uh, just because they enjoy the environment or tailgating. Um, X amount of people that don't have a ticket that are going to go to their favorite sports bar, restaurant, you know, whatever it might be. X amount of people that are going to go have, hey, we don't have tickets, but we're going to have everyone over to our house. So that means they've gone to a grocery store, um, you know, whatever it might be. So when when game days are happening, and, and that's, again, that kind of ties into our American College Sports City, like, when all of those are happening, then everybody, yes, is, you know, it's moving in the right direction. It's, it's helping out those local businesses and whatever it might be. And that's, um, you know, from our sponsor standpoint on down, that is definitely something that, you know, we want our our partners to feel good about. We want our fans to feel good about. Uh, you, you don't want them to come in and say, oh, I'm just coming in for the game. That wasn't fun and I'm leaving. You really want it to be. A, a destination you want it to be a weekend a game day um you want them to have those traditions you want them to be i always go here on friday night and then i go to the game tomorrow um so that we really try to, to lift that up and push that forward that ties into a lot of of uh your responsibilities with um fan engagement as well um and the experience yeah. marketing what are some of the the strategies you use to um in- you just make a great fan experience. Um, and how do you, how do you measure the success of that? Yeah. Um, I probably jokingly say too many times, melt people's faces off, but, um, we, you know, every, every game and every sport has a a different style and a vibe and a field, but there are also things, um, that we can interweave throughout that, it may not look exactly from one sport to the next, but people are like, Oh, I know they're going to, I know they're going to this, or I know they're going to that. And so experiential marketing and, and fan experience, um, it, it's not just fireworks and it's not just music and it's not just videos. Um, it is again, like as you come in and you park, you know, where you greeted and somebody say, welcome to Rocky top, you know, um, when you get out, do you know where you're going? Um, did you come take part in Vol Village, which is our sponsorship activation area with live music and a food court and the spirit teams make a stop there and you can get freebies from sponsors. If you don't have a tailgate, it's a great place to be. There's a small grass area with a small field painted on it and kids can play and catch football and all of that. Um, did you take part in the ball walk or the band march? And then um, are we doing a good job to get you into the stadium sooner because of what we're doing is fun and enjoyable, which also helps our gates so that um, things are not overrun closer to kickoff. And so there is this kind of delicate balance of um, you want a great scene outside when everyone's outside and you want the tailgating, uh, you want a first timer to be like, my gosh, like I've never known this and I got to come back. Um, and you want a huge crowd for the ball walk and when the band does salute to the hill and the kickoff call and show. Um, but then you want to get them inside too. And we've got to space that out. So people again, have a good experience at the gates. Uh, cause if it's way too backed up and it's too slow and it's hot and they're like, what am I doing? Um, you know, and then if they get in and then they go left and they were supposed to go right, someone's day can start to deteriorate, yeah. um, before we've ever had a chance to run a cool video or throw the pearl or DJ, you know, 
play something fun or whatever it might be. So um, we go all the way backwards um, from and, and communication leading up to game day is a huge part of what we do. Um, we do a lot of what we call know before you goes. We break them into segments. Um, we talk about different parts of campus, where you park. Um, so a lot of kind of going back to that traditional marketing or maybe the, the digital aspect of marketing. As much of our fan experience is also based on our segmentation and our communication uh, and what we're doing. If you park in these lots, we've got this message for you. And if you park in those lots, we've got this message for you. And if you're parking somewhere else, this is the best way to come in. Then once you get in, okay, here's, here's our timeline. And so we use Tuesday uh, as a day to remind everyone, get your tickets on your phone um, and, and heads up on these things. Uh, we work with TDOT and, and other areas uh, around town. If there's some construction going on on I-75, we're gonna wanna tell you about that so you don't get frustrated that you're stuck in traffic and you might miss the ball walk. We use Wednesday to remind everybody about parking and traffic flows and all of that. And then Thursday is, okay, hey, game day is going to be a lot of fun. Here's your timeline. Show up early, do all of these things. Um, so we're, we're heavy in the week on planning and communication, uh, talking to our fans. Um, you know, season ticket holders may get a different message than a first-time single-game buyer. And, and we've got all that data on the background. We know, you know, gate traffic and as we start to shift things hey you've scanned at this gate three times um you know but we understand that gate gets backed up you might move one gate over and you'll have a cleaner experience going in um so we, we do a lot of the data and analytical of that which uh you know to all of us is probably exciting but to most not it, what they want to know about is okay when are you shooting off fireworks on right. saturday yeah you know and so that that is the other fun part of it is we we do um Mondays, we have a big content meeting that kind of involves, again, everybody from strategic comms to photography to video editing. Um, and, and on down, we talk through stories. We're always two weeks ahead of time. Tuesday, we have a smaller meeting uh, where we go through just content creators um, and, and, and the folks in the control room that are punching things up uh, when, when I call for them. And then Wednesday, a much larger what we call a production meeting that's going to involve everybody uh, that somehow touches the game day atmosphere um, we and again talking through logistics to make sure things are, are are a good experience for our internal folks too we don't want the band getting jammed up because if that gets jammed up it jams up fans and you know on down the road um, you know we still as great of an environment as we want to give our fans we got to give our team a really good environment to compete in um, you know so we go through all of that uh, I've got a script we put together it's probably over a hundred lines of uh, this to this to this, we we do a script reading, so to say. Uh, everyone sits around a table and we talk through it. Uh, Thursday evenings, we do a, a, our first run through in the stadium, uh, go through all the technical aspects. Um, week by week, things might change. You never know. Neyland Stadium is an old place, and as we modernize it, uh, sometimes we hit hiccups um, with fibering or technicals. Uh, and then Saturday, we do it all over again. Four hours before kickoff, we run through everything again talk to our camera operators. Hey, this is what we're doing then. This is your look, your move. Um, and then I just remind everybody when we get in game and we start scoring touchdowns, everything could change. So we, you know, that kind of to your original question, when you get in game, it's really a feel thing. Um, you know, yes, you have all these things. Yes, you have to satisfy sponsor content. We work really hard to make the sponsor content incredibly enjoyable. 
Uh, so the fans are having a great time and they're like, that was awesome from Coca-Cola or that was awesome, uh, you know, from Farm Bureau, whatever it might be versus, oh, here this comes and I think I'll go to the concession mm-hmm. stand. So um, we we are really, really intentional about our content. Um, when you're not watching the field, we want you to watch the board. We want you to dance, sing along, all of that, even down to the music, um, everything we do when we kind of segment it out, okay, this this aspect of the pregame is, is for the team. we got to get them fired up. we got to get them going. You know, recruits are going to pay attention to all of that. Okay, these aspects are going to be for 100,000 people. And it, and it needs to apply from a first-time ball fan to a long-time ball fan. It needs to apply from a 5-year-old, you know, to a 99-year-old. And um, there's times where I tell Sterl, hey, we need we need a song, and I need everybody in here to feel like they're a part of it. And so, we again we're just we're very intentional about that. We're very fluid. We work off the game script, but then we also have a call sheet. Like, hey, we're gonna pivot that, as Peyton would say. We call the audible, the Omaha. Hey, uh, let's move this there. Let's that there. You know what? I'm gonna slide this a couple breaks away. We're just gonna let the band keep playing because everyone's having a good time. So, the the experience part of it. Um, is just as much showbiz, theatrics, you know, all of that. Um, and so as it is like the traditional marketing, we got to communicate and get them there and we have to sell the tickets some way, shape or form. Um, and then when those two meet, uh, you've done something. So how do we define success? Uh, applause and cheering. Um, how much is show shared socially viral moments, you know, all of that. So, Again, we go backwards. We try to share all of that. If you weren't here, here's your FOMO moment. Be with us next time. What's the virality of all of that? So, yeah, there's there's a lot that goes in. There, like that's that's a lot more of a of a production than I realized it would be from from someone in your position. Um, it makes me it makes me appreciate yeah. it a lot more. Like that's a you know that's an all week prep and and uh, get ready. I, last season, the Kentucky game might have been i think everybody would point to the alabama game for football um but i mean it was you know some of that you can't even script you know you 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 ride the moment but for kentucky probably to your point was our biggest production um the most videos and bits and it was a night game so we could do the light show and um just all of that and and at the end of it a lot of folks uh who you know we partner with locally here you know, Bandit Lights, one of the best lighting companies in the world, uh-huh. and you know, sound companies, and, and just and and as such. And so, for those folks who have worked in the music industry and entertainment industry, at the end to tell us, who's you know, college athletics, that was one of the best shows I've been a part of. Um, you know, felt really good because, and and we won the football game, which was fantastic because a good idea becomes a great idea when you win. But um, yeah, to your point, it's it's a lot of a lot of production. You almost have to take a few days and put the marketing on hold and just focus solely on the production. Well, of and it. I like one of the things you said earlier, what everything from the start, when the moment they pull into the parking lot on, it's, it's kind of telling a story that's either pulling people in and, and making them enjoy the day or pushing them away. And so having that thorough of, of, um, of an analysis of every, every piece of that day, um, it does a couple of things for you guys. And one helps you minimize the negative experiences or the opportunity for negative experiences. And those always carry more weight for people. 
and they're more likely to, uh-huh. to you know it's easier to run somebody's day than it is to make it amazing and so um and then you so you've kind of minimized those but then you also are looking for those peak moments that where you're like all right if there's one thing that we want them to walk away from and feel from this day you know you're trying to set those moments up for them too so it's a it sounds like a great strategy we try yeah so since you are so structured or try to be as structured as you can prep and plan as much as you can there are a lot of external elements that factor in i mean with fans and students and the university itself and then you know whatever does happen in the game how do you try to prep for that are you just constantly on standby watching the game waiting to see what you know cool tweets you can come up with or x whatever they are now um (laughs) are you are you just anticipating the unexpected how do you how do you try to rep for that and then handle that when there are you know viral moments that happen yeah yeah that's no that's a great question and that and that really is um that that's like the juxtaposition of our business because you know i do you you have to sort of say script out the game um because everyone needs to know like what are we doing next and um so they're prepared but yeah you know something comes up that week um you know last season so i i always you always leave a percentage open um we once we know what tv network we're on which they tell us 12 days before kickoff you then get your your tv timeout formatting sheet um and so i know if we're espn or espn2 how many breaks they're going to take and how long they are um do they have floating timeouts or not cbs uh sdc network so i know what time i have to fill um and so then I go through, and uh, it's funny, one of the folks here, they always say, Jimmy, your, your times never add up. And I'm like, I know, because I don't want to truthfully script out three minutes and five seconds of a TV break, because what if I put that together on Wednesday for the meeting, but then on Thursday, to your point, something viral happens? Or somebody, you know, great ideas happen all the time. And so you don't want to be like, hey, we're done. We'll see you Saturday. So uh, always kind of leave things open you always leave yourself some time last season great examples of both of those is um you know the 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 clogger the ut the clogging guy if you guys saw that on social media you know someone took one of his videos his his, his video had been going viral uh for a number of songs not and then someone took it and put it at the rocky top and oh it just blew up and so we were like well what is it that we could do and not kidding we were on our way walking to the stadium on a thursday before maybe the florida game and we look over and we saw him on campus oh wow and and i i was like just uh our, our marketing director she was like there's our guy and i looked over and i thought it was just a student that looked like him it was him that's and so we turned the cart around and uh we go talk to him and he was he was doing something else and we're like hey we'd love to do a video with you and this is why and would you guys want to come back to the game and all of that and so he's like well i'm, I'm committed for this weekend somewhere else but i'd love to do anything you want me to do today and so if we weren't if we were blinders on or we're like hey we've got our ideas and we're done we would have missed that moment we got to create some great content that we used in game that the fans absolutely loved we got to use some social content um that the fans absolutely love 
you know, it kind of propelled him up. He then made an appearance at the CMAs with Peyton Manning and, and Luke Bryan and all of that. And so, um, again, I think, you know, our marketing minds can never stop. Yeah. Um, you, you don't want to tweak everything and you don't want to, you know, some ideas are well enough left alone. Um, but you kind of have to always leave yourself for some creativity because to be relevant, to give that good fan experience, to not be like, oh, well, that's just the same old Tennessee athletics. We really have to be open and nimble. And we do. We've kind of got a crew of folks, again, like kind of buckets within buckets. So like if this viral idea comes out, we're going to nab these three people and we're going to go quick and pivot and start working on something. And so we, we always want to be, you know, in the now, we want to be trendy. We try to pay attention to what, you know, students on campus are watching and listening to, what our fan base is, is going to. Uh, you know, for us, any business, if you're not listening to your customers, you're, you're going to miss the mark. Um, and that's what we've prided. Our, there's some things that are out of control. Hey, we got to move this way. But we really try to be as open ears as we can. You know, and... Um, Spooky Rocky Top last oh, year man. again. I, I love it. It yeah, comes out. That was a fantastic one. Yeah. The the funny thing was was it comes out. It goes viral on social, and we're all kind of like, what is? What could we do with this? And again, our show for Kentucky was kind of already wrapped up, and it just gained again fans and fans. And then we're all getting emails and texts. And I was like, all right, we're gonna reach out to this person and just just reach out and see what's up. Well, what we didn't realize was that his, his username on social was his name actually backwards. And it turns out he's the son of our swim coach. And he's stoked. <laughs> and he would love for anything. And so, again, like, it was right in front of our face. We would have missed it. And we were like, nope, this, we're going to redo the light show, which means more video editing, which means more adjusting the timing, which means bandit lights has to come back in after hours program you can't program during the day you got to program at night but we're like that's such a great moment and we didn't do it because we were like we i mean we all loved it but we we're like our fans would absolutely love this and because they had taken over social with it and because mile has miles had done something so cool we also were like let's create a moment for this young man you know like and we we reacted to the customer we reacted to the fan base and sure enough, when that played in stadium, I mean, the, the roar was, was incredible. And so we, we never fully make our shows. We, you know, yeah, sales plans and ideas. But again, you pivot, you, you pick up a few extra wins, you know, you pick up the signature win, um, you know, an unsung hero scores, you know, seven three-pointers and you propel him. So while we've always got the foundation of what we're doing, um, we, we really leave room, you know, for those ideas to come into play. And because there are so many elements, there's wins, there's losses, there's, there's our players, there's unsung heroes, there's, there's fan reaction, there's all of that. And so, um, it's never in a box for us. I'm, I'm not, everyone's so, they're always like, we got to think outside the box. I'm like, I don't even have a box. So we roll with it. Well, I've, I've got one more question for you. I think Jess might have, have one more um, save the best for last. What is the hardest lesson you've learned uh, in your position um, as a as a marketing director and and um, experience marketing? Yeah, I think the the hardest thing is is um, we kind of say this all the time. 
to do to do what we do um i think to be a good marketer just across the board it, you've you've got to be open you've got to communicate you've got to have some creativity um and, and you've got to want to appeal to the masses you know be that you're a mom and pop and you get 100 customers a month or you're dealing with 100,000 fans every saturday you you've got to have kind of that those marketing essentials and that marketing mind on the flip side it it can't always be your your perspective your taste um what works for you i like this style because if you if you do that then you're only appealing to the people that may be like you um instead of looking at everything in the whole and so i think the biggest lesson i've learned over the years and as i've kind of come up through my career and you know mentors and just all of that is it particularly in sports you know sports is a it's a passion and it's we're we're vying for people's extra time and and disposable income just like anybody else and when you have good years uh you know you got great stories to tell but when you don't have good years you know you've still got to appeal to those folks and you really need to meet them where they are, what are their interests. And so you put 100,000 people in there and there's 100,000 interests, but then you start to look at the data and find the commonalities and all of that. And so the biggest lesson I learned was there's times where you need to push things forward where I haven't been totally sold on it, but it's probably because it's been my own, like, well, I don't know that I would react to that. I don't know that I would buy that. And I don't know that I would want to listen to that. But then you start to think about it's never about me and it's not about us. It, it It's about the teams. It's about, you know, the fans and, and all of that. And so like when we do a great job, it's not if I'm like, well, we played all the music I love, you know, fans may not love what I, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, when I hear something or we talk through something, I'm like, that's going to get everyone fired up. And so I've, I've burnt myself a few times over the years because I was like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. And I actually was going back in a text thread with somebody else. And I saw a text where I told him, I was like, I wish I didn't talk us out of that, a certain idea um, a couple of seasons ago, because it, it would have worked really yes. well, but I was just like, I just don't see it. And so my, my biggest lesson has always been open your lens and get out of your own way. Um, if, if you really are, you want to be a marketing professional and good at what you do, you're going after the masses. You're not going after yourself. So that's a, I think that's, yeah. Anybody in, in a position like this has um, got to learn that at some point. Um, I think it, it's helpful and I'm sure you've got people around you like this, but it's really helpful to have smart people that aren't afraid to disagree with you. Um, and, yeah. and push you forward. Uh, so it's awesome. That's there's, we, we say all the time, there's never, there's never a dumb idea. Um, nothing around here ever gets done by one single person and all different folks i mean to your point the 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 crew we have on um in our creative external kind of portion of tennessee athletics is some of the most talented people i've ever been around um and and the crew i mean there's over, well over 100 people working on the game day atmosphere so um yeah you're hearing my voice but i mean there's 100 people back there and and we disagree and Sure, I'm the one putting the script together, but uh, if if somebody really sells their idea, I'm like, yes, let's do that. Because you got to empower those folks. You know, the best way to get another great idea is is to give somebody their chance. And so, yeah, um, yeah. 
the the team aspect of it, um, particularly here uh, or anywhere, it's probably like that big lesson is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's always we, it's never I. That's a good word. Yeah, I love that. So I wouldn't be doing my sister any favors if I didn't ask what your thoughts were on uh, the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift media frenzy that happened last weekend. Because everyone leaned into it. The Chiefs leaned into it, NFL, ESPN. Everybody just took it and ran with it. So I was just curious if you had any thoughts or feelings or if you what you would have done or if you would have done anything differently if it was a UT situation. Are, are there any uh, Vols uh, uh, athletes that are planning any, you know, engagements with uh, celebrities at this point? Other Tennessee queens yeah. and icons? <laughs> I'd love to know if there were because I'd love to get. Um, I I think I mean I, I looked at it. Um, I again because I work in college sports and I'm, you know, usually Sundays are kind of like my my day, my family days. So like, while I grew up an NFL fan and all of that, when I really got involved in college athletics, I kind of let the NFL go. It absolutely grabbed my attention, uh-huh. and I was like, wow, look at this. I, I I thought it was genius. Uh, I think if if you have those moments with those superstars um, and you don't lean into it, I I think you know you probably should take a take a step back. And am, am, I, am I cut out for this? Um, you've you've got to lean into those moments because the opportunity to pick up fringe fans or fans that you know they his jersey sales went up by four hundred percent. You know, it was so wild. like. It, it, it was wild, and, and I think, too, it, it took over, um, I mean, it took over the internet, mm-hmm. as they say. It it was one of those things where um, they they even, I think somebody said they had announced who was the Super Bowl halftime uh, performing person. They which did. Here I am sitting there. I think they did, and I don't know who <laughs> it is because that was so consuming. And so the NFL, kind of back to what we were earlier talking, they were like, whoa, do we cannibalize ourselves or not? But they went all in, and I thought that was great. Yeah. The Chiefs went all in, which is genius, because you don't know if you're ever going to get another one of those moments. Um, and and what if in a month, when she goes back on tour, whenever that is, uh, it kind of fizzles out. But they've they've lived in it. You know, people are not going to unfollow the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, um, because of it. And so, I I am a big believer in leaning in those moments. Um, you don't know how long they last. Uh, you don't know if they always spike you a thousand percent or ten percent, but I mean, I think any of us would take a ten percent, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. increase. Um, so I'm I'm big on if it's ten fans or a thousand fans, uh, ten customers, thousand, whatever it is. Like, you got to lean into that. And and as we talked earlier, I mean, social media today's age, everybody has a has a window into everything. And so if you can grab that attention, um, particularly, I mean, Taylor Swift is like running the world at the moment and if you can latch onto somebody's brand obviously kansas city chiefs won the super bowl patrick mahomes all of that we got some former tennessee players on that team so i was excited that you know for that but if you can latch on to a worldwide brand like taylor swift like it's it's just going to elevate what you've got going on and 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 she knows you could tell by the videos and walking down the hallway with him afterwards and like and and they know um, so I, I'm a big fan of that. Yes, if Tennessee ever had that opportunity, 
we would do it. I think, you know, we've done that in the past. We've had, you know, Kenny Chesney and Peyton Manning and Kelsey Ballerini and, and, um, you know, Kelsey just announced a show here uh, coming up in November and, and we partnered with her camp on that because they said, we'd love to shoot some stuff in Neyland Stadium and otherwise. And we're like, yes. That's awesome. You know, versus, oh, we may not have time or, oh, we're not so sure about that. I think when you can align yourself with a prominent person, a popular artist, whatever it might be, that's it's got a good clean brand and um, they, you know, it's a cool thing. So we've, you know, told the arena, hey, if other artists come up that want to, that are open to doing that, you know, we want to do that too, because again, you're just, you're pulling in a segment that you may not have ever been able to touch before. So uh, kudos to them. I would say it's marketing genius. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And um, on that note, go balls. There we go. I like it. Appreciate you all. Thank you. Marketing Trailblazers with Jeremy LaDuke and Jess Tackett is produced by me, Lance Pettiford, co-produced by Kaylee Eastep, graphic and web design by Will Lunsford, and guest support provided by Kaylee Swaggerty. Marketing Trailblazers is a production of Epic Nine Marketing Outfitters, helping ambitious brands grow since 2014. If you are a CMO looking to conquer some mountains, or you need a CMO to help get you to the top, then contact Epic Nine and get started with a base camp consultation at epic9.com. Want more great content to help fuel your marketing adventures? Sign up for exclusive content and get early access to our Marketing Mountain School content at marketingtrailblazers.com.